Uh, I've done a little bit of tiling in my day. Wouldn't call myself a proficient tiler. Um, my brother over here, <laughs> this is Clint. Put your hand up, Clint. He's done a lot of tiling. And uh, he told me to stay away from tiling. <laughs> but um, what I've discovered is when you put your first tile up, if you're doing a bathroom or a renovation or a kitchen or, or you're putting tiles up, <clears throat> the angle of the first tile will determine the, the direction of the rest of the tile. So if you put a tile up and it's just a millimetre or two out, the very first tile, and you go, oh, that looks all right. By the time you get 15 tiles down, it's like a metre out. And you've got this line that goes across like that. The very, first, uh, the very first tile is so important. And then every other tile is aligned off the first tile. And so what... God's saying, and the imagery that he's using here is that when we put Christ in our life as our cornerstone, then everything else in our life is going to line up. If we set our direction or if we're setting our theology or our life around some other stone, whether it be some other kind of methodology, whether it be some other kind of thinking or paradigm, then we start off small and you think, oh, that, that looks all right. That doesn't look too fine. But when you get one, two, five, ten years down the track, all of a sudden you're way off course. You're nowhere near where you wanted to be because it wasn't lined up the way it was supposed to be lined up. Where we start is vital. And the Bible says that we start with Jesus Christ, that we align our life and our direction and our future, our priorities and our paradigm upon Him, His direction and His Word for our life. When we do that, life is going to align. Things will align as we get down the track. 1 Peter 2.5 in the New Testament, Peter uses this same kind of imagery and analogy where he says, you also like living stones. Everyone say living stones are being built. So he's, he's taking that Isaiah prophecy and he's bringing it into the mindset and the concept of the church you also, like living stones, are being, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So I want to look at four different points out of this Scripture that we can look at that uh, will, is applicable to our own life individually and then to us as a church, as a congregation. Is that good? All right, number one. Notice here it says, you also like living stones. Um, stones is plural. It's an English axiom. When there's a S at the end, it makes it plural. So what's he saying here? He's saying like living stones. In other words, he's not talking to us as individuals. He's addressing us corporately. He's addressing the church. This letter was written to churches, not to individuals. So he's saying you as living stones, putting it in a perspective that we are not a stone placed by ourselves. You like living stones are being built up. When you trust in Christ, you are saying, 
I want to align myself with Jesus Christ. His ways, his ideas, his, his precepts, his teachings from the Bible. But it's not in isolation. You don't put down a capstone or a cornerstone and then put one stone next to it and go, done, finished. That's the start. So when we ask Jesus Christ into our life, when we hand over the lordship of our life, when we include him in our world, when we begin to follow him, that's step one. Step one, we're talking about next steps at the moment and talking about a progression in our faith and in our, in our journey as individuals and as a congregation. And it's important that we understand that when the Bible talks about our life and about our future, it does not talk about us in isolation. In our Western culture, with our influence from Plato and other philosophers, we see things, Descartes, we see things as individuals. I think, therefore, I am. It's all about me and what's important for me. But when we look at the Bible, it's from an oriental perspective. And they didn't think about the individual. They thought, they thought about the community. The community is what was important, not the individual. So when these things are being written, it's important that we understand that our walk with Christ, our journey with Christ, our following of Christ is not in isolation. It's to be done with others. It's to be done in community. It's to be done in the church. And we don't just align ourselves with Christ. We align ourselves with other believers in a community, in a church congregation to build the house that God determined for that particular place. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You trust in Christ. You begin to align yourself that's the first step, align ourselves with Jesus Christ. But you know, maturity enables responsibility. When a baby is born, and we've got a number of newborn babies around here at the moment, the child is completely dependent upon the mother. Isn't that right? You don't get a newborn, a two-week-old, a six-week-old, an eight-week-old, and like I do with my boys at the moment, you're old enough, get yourself up in the morning. I'm not going to wake you. Get yourself to school. You don't go to an eight-week-old. Why are you still laying in the cot? I've given you responsibility. No, because responsibility is an alignment with maturity. So when we're saying, well, it's just about me and Jesus and the church is here to meet my needs and to, and to keep me going, that's okay, but that's a baby, immature approach to our Christian life. That's a first step. That oh, It's me and Jesus. Jesus is looking after me. But as we grow, as we become mature spiritually, that this, like the Scripture is talking about, we begin to take on responsibilities, not just for ourselves. When we get married, Joe and Ruthie getting married, all of a sudden, as you'll discover soon, Alex and Felicity have engaged and they'll also discover very soon that when you get married, it's not just about you anymore. You can't just do whatever you want, even though my wife thinks I do. <laughs> All of a sudden you start considering other people. Then you have children. There's lots of things I'd love to do, but I've got kids. <laughs> no, no. 
And when your kids are little, ours are getting a little bit older now, and so you do have some more flexibility, some more freedom. They've got some more independence and, and maturity and responsibility. You do get some more freedom. But when they're young, your time is spent looking after them, um, playing with them when they're really small, all your time. They can't be left to themselves. They've got to be entertained. They've got to be looked after. They've got to be um, uh, loved and... and, and um, Manager's not the right word, but <laughs> a bit too corporate. But anyway, you've got, to look, you've got to look after them. But then as they grow, they begin to contribute to the household. They begin to take on responsibility. Our boys take the bins out sometimes. <laughs> and <laughs> they, can, they start driving the car. They get their licenses. They start contributing to the, to the household. That's a sign of maturity. In our Christian walk, the sign of maturity is it's no longer just about me coming and getting my needs met and what's Jesus going to do for me and, and it's about me and Jesus. Is It's no longer just about me and Jesus. It's about me in a community. How can I look after these other people? What's going on in their world? Can I help? Can I contribute? And also, how do I take on some responsibility to build the house? to contribute, to be an investor, to be someone who is, make, who is making a difference and fulfilling the vision. They are the steps. This, this next steps thing is talking about how do we grow and move in our walk with Christ, not just as individuals and in isolation, but as a congregation, as a body, as a group of people that have been brought together to fulfill a purpose in Jesus Christ. So sto- it says stones. It's plural. Uh, so our life as believers is not just aligned with us and Jesus or just us, Jesus and our children, five stones, but is incorporated in a bigger picture. And so, and, and the beauty of that is, is that when there's unity and alignment and people in it, in, in, in it together, not just about what, what they're doing, so much more can be achieved. I was talking to a guy last night, some friends of ours, and uh, he was talking about how he went to the uh, Sydney exhibition. I think it was at uh, Darling Harbour around January. Anyway, he went and saw, did anyone go and see the cardboard, ha- uh, the, ca- the big cardboard building? Anybody at all? I hadn't heard of it either. Anyway, he said to me, it was so amazing because they went into, it was a Sydney of City of Sydney quite uh, thing. Anyway, they built this massive cardboard building it was seven stories high and he's like how do they do how are they doing it and so and it was just getting random people that were there to help contribute so they had some people designing it and saying okay you go here so coordinating it you'd get bits of cardboard they would make a layer over here and then what they'd say and he said it was incredible because then they'd say okay we're gonna get everybody in the building right here and everybody's gonna lift it up and then we're gonna slide the next layer under it and he went over to it he said there's no way we're going to lift this building. It's six stories high. Probably weighs over a ton. He, he tried to lift. He said, I can't even move it. And yet they're saying, we are all going to lift a part of it. We're all going to grab a hold of part of it. We're all going to lift together. And they said to him, which he didn't believe, it'll be light as a feather. He goes, I don't believe this. Anyway, he said, but I'm happy to be a part of it. He was there with some of his kids. He said, some of it was kids. Some of it was adults, individuals, families. They were all there. And then the guy had a microphone. And he, there's some other people there with the other le- uh, story. 
and uh, they're going to put some blocks in to hold it up. And, and he goes, on one, on three, we're going to lift. He goes, one, two, three. And my friend said, to my absolute astonishment, we all lifted it up. And he said, it, I could have done it with one hand. It was, he said, it was like a feather. And I'm looking at this massive building, which I tried to lift on my own. I couldn't even manage to move it a little bit. And yet when everybody lifted it at the same time in unison, he said it was easy. And I just thought, what an analogy of the church. When we are just going about doing our own thing, which is great and important, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to bless this person, that's great. But how much more can we achieve when we all together go, you know what, we're going to do this. And we're going to lift at the same time on three, one, two, three, in unison, together, we are able to achieve so much more. Even things that we think are impossible are possible when we work together. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. So we're living stones built together for a purpose. The concept of a Christian who does not go to church is a misnomer. And you might know some people or maybe you've been at that place yourself at some point. But, but you cannot be a Christian and not be in church. Because the, the whole concept of a Christian is someone that is in community. That's the definition of it. And yet because of our Western mindset and the influence that we have, we think, well, I can just, it's just me and God. I can follow Christ and do my, be a Christian and fulfill my calling on my own, but it's not true. You cannot. It's done in community. It's done together. Together, we fulfill our purpose. He's the master builder. Um, second point. Uh, not only... Is it stones plural, but it says like living stones. Unlike real stones, when you put them down and they stay where they're put and they don't move, living stones are completely different. You don't put down a stone or you're doing some tiling or you're building something or doing some paving and you go there and you, you come back and they've moved. It doesn't happen. I thought they were aligned and then they're all... Decide, no, I don't want to be in that line. I'm going to turn this way. <laughs> that doesn't happen with real stones. But the Bible makes it clear that we are living stones. We are alive. We're living. And therefore, we have a part to play, a part to contribute. We have the ability to make decisions. We have the ability to buy in or to resist. We have been given a free will by God, the greatest gift that God has given us. And our Christian life, Romans 12, says that we are like a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, they'd kill a bull or whatever, and they'd put it on the altar and, and burn it up, and that was like a sacrifice. He said, that's not, we're, we're doing something new in the, in the New Testament. We're the sacrifice. We're not dead and burn up. We're a living sacrifice. And the problem with the living sacrifice is the living sacrifice keeps getting off the altar. So we get on the altar, we lay our lives down to Jesus, Lord, here I am. And then for whatever reason, things aren't turning out the way we'd like or things aren't happening. We go, God, you're not doing this fast enough. You're not doing what I want. I'm getting down off the altar and I'm going to go and do something for myself. 
And then that doesn't work out. And then, oh, okay, I'm back. We climb back up onto the altar. Here I am, God. I'm the living sacrifice. And that's the journey, isn't it? Am I talking to anybody? Is this just me? (laughs) I'm a pastor. I go through this. So don't look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) This is what we do. Stuff happens, we don't understand it, we can't reconcile it, we're submitted to God and we think, why is this happening? And then we get down off the altar and we start doing our own thing. A living sacrifice. Um, But the whole concept of a living sacrifice is that we choose in a church, in a congregation, a family or whatever, we we make a decision, you know what, we're going to get in unity. We're going to align ourselves together with a vision and a purpose that God has for a house. And out of our own free will and our own decision, we're saying, you know what? I'm going to get an alignment. I'm going to, do, yeah, I'm going to contribute. I may not necessarily, I might have another idea. I want to go do that or that. But this is what's happening. Therefore, I'm, I'm going to be a part of what's happening. doesn't mean we can't do other things and get involved in other things. But if we're going to have the kind of impact that God wants us to have, the the most powerful way for that to happen is for us to go, you know what, this is what we're doing and we're going to get aligned with it. So our uh, young adult service is starting on Friday nights. I know everybody's excited about it and it's going to be awesome. Uh, Alex is going to the universities starting in the next week or two and, and that's an awesome thing. And so to celebrate that, encourage that, then we've got the care service. Liz is starting in a few weeks' time in, in uh, March in Glebe. We're going to be reaching underprivileged and homeless and uh, people in need and creating a meal and and introducing them to Jesus. That's an exciting thing. And there's many other things, connect groups that are happening. And just getting in a connect group is part of our steps. And we can go, oh, I don't want to go to a connect group. Oh, I'm too busy. I don't know. Uh, There's many reasons why we don't do it. Many reasons why. And yet I want to ask of you today as a pastor, (laughs) That we say, you know what, there's many reasons why I can't or shouldn't or whatever, but you know what, I'm going to get on board. And we may not be able to go every fortnight or whatever, but you know what, this is what we're doing and let's do it together. Let's get into connect groups. The reason connect groups are so important is because they help us connect. That's why they're called connect groups. And I know as a pastor, having pastored this church for 16 years, people in connect groups are far more likely to get through difficult times, to be supported, to be connected in, to be alive and doing things for Jesus and people who are not, who turn up to church on Sunday, which is still a vital part of it, but then are not connected or associated or just doing their own thing during the week and then come back on Sunday. Far easier to just get discouraged or, or get down or so, and, and then just disappear because we're not in connection. And so I want to encourage you, and it's going to be... I know Tracy and Ron aren't here today. Tracy oversees our connect groups. We've got about 10 connect groups at the moment. We want to start some more connect groups. But just saying, you know what? Uh, I might not necessarily enjoy it. I might be busy. But to say, you know what? I'm going to, come, I'm going to contribute to the group. I'm not just going to come and say, oh, I need this or that, which is imp- that's great at times. But to say, I'm going to, I'm going to come and invest into other people into fellowship, into connection, into relationships that are going to embrace and enhance other people's journey because together we grow. Together we're able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine. That's the way the church works. 
living stones. Then the, la- uh, the third point, second last point, it says, uh, you also like living stones. So the you, it's very specific. In the Greek, it means you. I know, that's profound. So we can't go, I oh, know it's talking about someone else. Because it says you. And when you read it, you, oh, that means that person. No, the you means you. And oftentimes we're listening to a message and we think, oh, that's really good. I wish that person was here. They should hear that. (laughs) Unbeknownst to ourselves that maybe we can listen to it as well. Maybe it'll be helpful. Um, So the you includes you. He wants, Jesus wants to build your life into a living stone that is in alignment with other people to build the house of God and fulfill the purpose of God in the world. For us, it's the inner west, reaching people in the inner west, reaching university students, reaching young adults, reaching the homeless, reaching the underprivileged, reaching families, reaching couples, reaching singles, reaching the young, reaching the youth, reaching the old. That's our calling. Together, we're going to be able to do so much more than just doing it as individuals. So the you includes you. Now, and so getting in alignment, getting together, connecting is what makes a building a building. If I, you know, if they were building this warehouse here and, and uh, they, you know, got loads of bricks, there's a lot of bricks here and they brought it in and steel beams and, uh, and concrete and uh, some light fixtures and they got all this stuff and they brought it all down here and they just sat it on this site and they sat it all there and, we, and they go, done, there's the building. You go, that's not a building, that's just a bunch of pieces, individual pieces. There's concrete, there's bricks, there's steel beams, there's all that stuff and it's just dumped there. That's not a building, is it? For it to be a building, all of those individual pieces, these steel beams and and the bricks and everything get put in place according to a blueprint, a plan. For us, and our analogy for us is God has a plan for us. And just a bunch of Christians gathering in one place, whether it be here or anywhere else, is not the church. It's just individuals like bits and pieces of a building gathered and placed randomly on a spot. But when we say, you know, I'm gonna I'm a brick or I'm a beam or whatever we are, I'm a light. I'm a, I'm a toilet bowl. I don't know. <laughs> when we say, you know what, I've got gifts, I've got abilities, I've got things that I can contribute, I can be an encourager, I can do this. When we say, we're going to bring that together and we're going to align them, we're going to put them together, we're going to work towards, then this scripture starts to be fulfilled. When it says, you like living stones, and my third point is, are being built together. It's an ongoing process. It takes our decision, our will to go, you know what, I am going to contribute. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to do what I can. It's not always going to be convenient. It's not going to be always what I want to do. It may not always be what I would prefer to do. But this is what we're doing and I'm gonna, I want to be a part of it, whatever that is. And there's so many things going on in the life of our church. Being built together. A whole lot of bricks located in the same place does not make a warehouse. You have to put them together. 
They've got to be assembled and aligned and they get put together and it becomes a building. That's the same with a church. I wanted to, um, just as I finish, there's a, a couple in our church I wanted to quickly interview. Simi, are you there? Is Rachel here today or she didn't make it? She's here. Where are you, Rachel? Oh, you told her that I was going to get her up there, didn't she? Left. Oh, she's, come up here, guys. Can we give these guys a big hand? So I wanted to give you a practical, a, a practical analogy of, of this whole thing. So this is Simi and Rachel. This is Mossy, little Mossy. Um, Ruby's in kids' church, I believe. Yes. So um, I was talking to these guys. Uh, how long have you been in the church now? Eight years. Eight years. That is a great thing right there. Let's give them a big hand for that. So it must have been not long after we came into this warehouse that you guys first joined because we've been here nine years. So, um, so eight years and uh, these guys have served and didn't have kids when they first came to the church and went through a whole journey and uh, Simi's now in sound and everything. But um, a few months ago, um, me and Simi met for lunch and he told me a story about their current uh, circumstances and what they were doing and why they had made a particular decision. So I wanted to just get them to share that uh, with you. You just need to stand there and look good. I've already organised this with Simi. <laughs> so do you want to just quickly uh, share the story? You, you'll know once he starts about that process of they bought a house. They, they, they bought a house in, where is it? Homebush. They weren't living in Homebush. And then you moved to? Peakhurst. Peakhurst, which is how far away? Oh, it's past Hurstville, so... How long does it take you to get here in the morning? Um, quarter to seven, I leave home. So quarter to seven to do sound and, and serve in the church, and Rachel comes later. But I just want to ask you to just, just share that process of where you, you moved, you went through the... Pro well, maybe we need to move church because it's a long way to get here, and you started looking for churches in the local area, and that process, and how you ended up making a decision that, you know what, we are going to stay here. Okay, um, so we had, Rachel was uh, pregnant and um, the drive here from Peakers was not a comfortable one when you've got morning sickness, so we thought about um, looking for a church closer to home, so we went on the journey for about five weeks and we went to a new church every single week and um, we kept on putting Ruby into <coughs> church, uh, into Sunday schools, and after a while, Ruby's like, I just want to go back to my old church. <laughs> went to about two uh, Baptist churches and um, went to a Brethren church. Um, Anglican. And Anglican. Yeah. And then it was about after the fourth church, I said, that's it, we're going back. We, found, we know where our home is. So. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was great. So what was the, um, and so the whole thing about knowing where your home was, was the fact that you obviously already believe that this was your home, but because of the distance, you thought, well, maybe we'll look for something closer. That was the reasoning? We're trying to find this place closer to home where we lived, yeah. physically. <laughs> and it wasn't there. It wasn't there. So we looked far and wide, and we couldn't find something that really was our home. So we had, well, I, I said to Ward, I need to have a talk to you. Let's have lunch. And he, was, he told Nicole the, the night before, I think, yeah. I think he's going to tell us he's leaving. And... Um, <laughs> We had lunch. I said, "We're staying." <laughs> That's awesome, mate. So I even bought lunch that day, didn't I? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry. Can 
I just say something? It's a credit to the band because we did find one church that we thought like there was really good preaching and it was it was good, but the band killed me. Uh, they pulled out a Keith Green song that I sang when I was 10 years old at <laughs> church in New Zealand, and I was like, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's 30 years old. Yeah, like, right. this is, you know, we wanted, you know, something like... A little bit more contemporary. Yes. <laughs> good job, good job. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Let's give these guys a big hand. And give the band a big hand as well. You know, sometimes you do take for granted the things that you do have, and we do have great worship every week, and you have incredible preaching most weeks. And <laughs> but, but, you know, the people, the, the stuff that oftentimes we, we can take for granted what we have until we begin to look for it elsewhere and then realise, you know what, what we've got is actually pretty special. And the thing that makes it special is, is not me or, or individuals or anything like that. It's, it's a culture, it's a spirit where people go, you know what, we believe in each other, we encourage one another, we want to do something for Jesus, we want to make a difference, we want to, we want to do something. And that's why, uh, that's what makes a church. It's not a building, it's not the worship as good as it is, it's not the preaching as good as it is, it's everyone saying, you know what, we believe in Jesus We've taken the first step. We're a follower of Christ. Second step, we're in church. We go to church regularly. And most people here, you know, you're in church regularly. And most people here are beyond that. But then we go, okay, what's the next step? And that's where this next step thing is so important. We go, okay, I'm a believer in Jesus. What's my next step? Well, have we been water baptized? Have you done Christian essentials? Do you know, do you have a theological foundation for your understanding and your belief in Jesus Christ? Um, have you, are you in a connect group, uh, which is the, the next step. So if you grab this brochure, I don't know if you grabbed it last week. We're going to be doing this over the next few weeks. But if you're a visitor here today, I encourage you to grab one of these if you're thinking of coming back, which I hope you do. Um, but um, everybody else, just say, you know what, what's my next step? Where am I in my journey? And at what level of buy-in? And even Jesus didn't expect the disciples to lay down their life right at the start. If you actually look at Jesus and his progression and his dealings with the disciples, when they first came to him, he didn't say in, in uh, Luke chapter 2, he didn't say, they came to him and said, oh, what are you doing, Jesus? He didn't go, lay down your life for me. He didn't do that because he, they weren't at that point in the journey. What did he say to them? He said, come and see. He invited them into his world. They got exposed to Jesus. Over a period of time of getting to know him, they began to follow him, give their life to him. And then he said, begin to serve me. That was the next step where they're no longer just following Jesus. They're contributing to the mission. They're reaching out. They're involving other people. They're part of the solution. And, the, and then the final step was where, it, where it's a, a place of sacrifice and commitment and dedication where he said, you know what? Sometimes there's going to be opposition. Sometimes there's going to be other things that happen. Some people left him at that point, And they said, where else do we go? They're at a point where they go, you are the purpose. You're the purpose of life. You're the purpose of my life. And I'm committed to you. Wherever you go, I will follow. There was a process and a journey in their walk with Christ. It's the same with us. And so it's just a matter of going. It's not saying, oh, I've got to be a pastor. I've got to be... You know, at the prayer, I'm going to be praying all night. I'm going to be doing all these things. No, it's just like, where am I now and what's my next step? 
What's my next step in my journey? How can I make another step of commitment towards Christ, towards his church, towards his purpose in the world? Maybe it's getting into a connect group. Maybe it's serving on a team. Maybe it's tithing. Maybe you've never tithed. You think, you know what? It's time I begin to trust God with my finances. Maybe it's leading a connect group. Maybe it's leading a team of service. There's so many roles and responsibilities and things to do to fulfill God's mission for us. And every single one of us can play a part in that. If we've got some, not all of us have uh, skills and abilities in music, but we can all serve in some capacity. And I want to encourage you, wherever you're at right now, to grab this brochure and to ask God, if you're saying, this is my church, this is where I belong right now, how can I take my next step in following Jesus and building the church? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, God. Father, I thank you for every person. I thank you for every individual here. Father, I thank you that you have a purpose for every single one of us. You've shaped us. You've molded us like a living stone. And you put us with other living stones as part of a blueprint, as part of a design, as part of a purpose that you have in the earth to be a contributor, to be a builder, to be a person that makes a difference, not just in our own lives, in our own family, but in the lives of others, that we reach beyond ourselves and our own areas of influence and we reach out to share the gospel, to touch other people's lives, to make a difference. Lord, we want to be a church that impacts this city for Jesus Christ. Our vision across all our campuses, Pastor Phil and Chris, is Sydney a city for Christ. You've put us here, Lord. We want to reach the inner west for Jesus Christ. We want to see people coming to Christ, coming into a relationship with you. And we want to see every single person here prospering, discovering their purpose, finding out who you are, getting healing and wholeness. Lord, blessing in every area, in family, in, in uh, marriages, with children, in their businesses, in their careers, Lord that your purpose prevails in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for the grace that you showed us when you came and you died upon that cross, rose again, demonstrating your love and your commitment to us. I just want to ask here today, just as we finish 